Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. San Antonio District Judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Kenny Florian. Oh, my God! You want a podcast? Great. So you have some audio on your website that nobody goes to. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Ken Flo's back in the saddle, and the lettuce <laughs> is flowing. Today, Mobile Barbershop has not hit the townhouse there in Venice just yet. Completely out of control, this thing. Look at this. I can't even keep anything. I mean, I need, like, a weed whacker to get at this thing. Uh you, however, are clean-shaven, my friend. Does that mean – is there an event that you need to go to? Because, uh, you know, clean-shaven John, that means he's ready right. to work. So I gave myself a haircut today because okay. it is Monday, April 6, 2020. It's episode 244, of course, of the Anakin Florian podcast. But this Thursday, April 9th, marks the five-year anniversary of this show when you and I sat in TJ's studio in Los Angeles, California – and did episode one, and here we are five years later. So that was a special enough occasion to give the the fresh skin fade today. You know, I, I like that. I think April 9th was uh, the Ultimate Fighter one season finale. I could be wrong. Yeah, in that, 05. But it was that's right, right around that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 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 So how about that? So t- we, and and that was lost on us actually. But yeah, literally yeah. ten <laughs> years to the day of the Tough One finale was the launch of, of your own podcast. So. A lot to get to, obviously. Uh, thank you all for going to AnnaFlorianPodcast.com, by the way, which is now live. That AF launch code is still active if you want 15% off of merchandise for the show. But it's hard to think much about a five-year anniversary, and we had some special things planned. But with this COVID-19 situation, Ken Flo, you know, that's our lead every week. So right. status check on you, my man. Another week has gone by. Obviously, your hair's still growing, which means you're relatively <laughs> healthy. But uh you know, these are some challenging days. How how has the last week been for you? They are. I just might let my you know hair go down on my shoulders. You know, do it. just say screw it. Fuck it um, do it. You know, it's been interesting, man. You know, I, I miss again. I I, I miss training I, I miss just having a normal life of being able to go wherever i want um we needed some some stuff at the house so i decided to go to the to the supermarket typically my wife does all does all of that i decided to go and do that and i'm in my car and i have my cloth mask that i'm kind of wrapping around my face as i walk towards this line that is separated by six feet there's you know a bunch of people in there there's a line going out the door people six feet apart and i'm like this is our reality right now it was just such a weird feeling because you know i I haven't been going to the market i typically have been staying home with with my daughter and uh to go to the supermarket and see everyone with masks walking around and gloves and it's just a strange strange world right now 
I was wearing the mask and gloves two weeks ago when I was the only guy at Publix who who was protected. I got to tell you, man. So obviously I got, you know, I'm shopping for five when I go and I've been doing the shopping because in all likelihood, I'm going to be the one who's going to potentially hit the road with the UFC. So keep my wife home. Bro, I spent five hundred and twenty-one dollars at Publix, and that did no, and that didn't include diapers or batteries, right? I went into a second cart. I think like a hundred and fifty bucks on just like produce and shit for my son. Man. I mean, right? Because I'm trying to, you know, the baby only eats so many things, but yeah. it's all anxiety-filled. Every part of the experience, you're not sure if you're doing the right thing. You know, the one time we ordered takeout a couple weeks ago, we got pizza, put it back in the oven until it was boiling again. Just felt dirty doing that, you know? It's just a a weird, weird situation for everybody. And we can't say enough to the medical workers. And certainly there are medical workers, in theory, who listen to this podcast and just know how deep that appreciation runs uh, on all fronts for everything that you guys are doing and putting yourselves in the line of fire, so to speak. I think a lot of us on the UFC side were sort of hopeful that maybe this thing would be shut down until June 1st. But Dana White tweeting late Sunday night, Kenny, the card is happening, but Khabib Nurmagomedov is out. I will announce the entire card tomorrow, meaning today. So wow. if you take Dana White at his word, he is going to announce a full fight card for UFC 249 at some point in the next 12 hours, maybe even while we're doing the show live here today. We'll see. You know, you, you may not agree with, with the decisions that Dana makes, but uh, he really did pull through. Obviously, Khabib Nurmagomedov not able to fight. Uh, that we were pretty sure of. He, it seemed like he was stuck in Russia, all that stuff, miscommunication on him going to the United Arab Emirates when they thought the card was going to be over there. And then he had to get out of that country because they were going to shut that down. He gets stuck in Russia. So it, it seemed like that was just not going to happen between him and Ferguson. Um, but the fact that uh, you know Dana is, it seems, uh, able to pull this off is just insane. It's unbelievable. And I can sit here telling you 1 p.m. Eastern time on Monday, April 6th. I don't know where this fight is going to happen. You know, Uh, we'll see. It's a logistical nightmare, right? I mean, there are so many things that are hard about pulling off a UFC live event when you don't have a global pandemic. I mean, you remember back in the day in Jada Guadusul, some of the variables we're dealing with, with fighters cutting weight, the venues an hour and a half away from the host hotel, all these different things that make pulling off one live event hard enough. And now having to do it with all of these limitations, certainly a credit to the UFC brass for all of the hard work and execution in getting uh, this close to potentially pulling off a show in 12 days. But uh, I know there's a huge segment of the fan base that doesn't want them to do this, that fears greatly for for the athletes. And I respect that take as well. You know, there are a lot of people that find great fault with with me hitting the road to potentially call these fights. And I don't disagree with that sentiment at all. I think my foremost concern would be for competing fighters who end up getting getting injured and potentially have to go to a hospital. Um, how is that being handled? I know it's far above my pay grade, but, uh, that's the most serious question for me is the injured, the compromised athletes. How will they get safe treatment after the fact? Yeah, I would assume it would probably not be at a major city or in and around a major city. It would have to be something with quick access to a hospital, but certainly a, a city that isn't experiencing these high volumes of um, uh, of COVID-19 patients. So, um, you know, I, I assume the UFC has figured this out. I'm curious to see how it all goes down and uh, pretty amazing times, man. 
All right, well, next week on the show, hopefully we will be back in the prediction business and we'll do picks on whatever fights are going to be happening on April 18th. Today, though, we're going to do sort of a fantasy draft. Basically, we've compiled all 47 fights from the four UFC cards that have gone away, at least for the time being, and we'll do sort of a snake-style fantasy draft when Ian Parker is on later. Also scheduled to join us, UFC Hall of Famer Michael Bisping coming up in about a half an hour as well. But we don't bury the lead on the Anakin Florian podcast. Let's get to the Ray Longo Minute. Now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. Took a while to get that confirmation text reply from Ray Longo this <laughs> afternoon. I was I didn't know if you were sleeping in, but thankfully you're uh, you're back in our lives, my man. What's going on? Uh, I'll tell you, man, my circadian rhythm has been thrown in the washing machine. Huh. I'm all over the place, man. This yeah. is freaking crazy. I, this this so, thing's got to end soon so I can get back to somewhat of a normal schedule, man. It's nuts. Right. Well, I think some people would say maybe June 1st. Some people would say it's ambitious to think uh, in an epicenter like New York that, that June 1st everything will be clear. But what is going on in New York? Uh, depending on what you read, maybe there are some encouraging numbers. What's the latest up there? Uh, I mean, you know what? Honestly, John, at this point, I'm... The last couple of days, I'm trying to stay off the uh, TV as much as possible, Nick, just to uh, clear my head. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, it seems like the we're supposed to hit the apex this week. But I think Cuomo said maybe it started going down. I think we're up to like 5,000 deaths. And um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm seeing, I feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but I could be totally wrong, so... Any update on uh, on your father-in-law? He's he's okay. Uh, a bunch more people got uh, tested. He, he actually tested negative, which was good. I know a couple of people. Now it's like, you know, people that you're pretty close to. About five people just tested positive. So hopefully uh, they're, they're, most of them are, are under 50. So it should be okay, I guess. So we'll see what happens. But... Um, yeah, a couple of one guy. Well, one guy knows. I take it back. One guy's got double pneumonia, and uh, and he's 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 pretty banged up. So you know, you know, my daughter had bacterial pneumonia. My daughter had bacterial pneumonia in December, and that prevented us from flying up to New York for Christmas. And she had all these flu-like symptoms, sick as a dog, and I can't help but think if maybe she didn't have the coronavirus back then can flow you know dealing with everything she was dealing with who knows but uh so wow. ray uh dana white on twitter sunday night uh in response to a an erroneous report uh wrote the card is happening but khabib is out i will announce the entire fight card tomorrow so seems as though any minute any hour now dana is going to announce the entire fight card for ufc 249 uh that appears to be going down just 12 days from now yeah, no, I guess, look, I, I, I've talked to a couple of people. He's definitely, they're definitely moving. They definitely flew some people in. So uh, people are in place. I think they were scrambling for matchups. But I, I do believe the fight, I think the fights are going to happen. I'm starting to believe that. And I didn't think it was going to happen last week. But from talking to a couple of people, it, it seems like uh, things are in progress for sure. 
Now, I know, Ray, that, that, that you'll presumably watch the fight card. This isn't going to be like an NFL-style boycott on your TV. But the, the fan base does appear split. You know, a lot of fans just want the action to return. And then half the fan base, anytime you push out anything resembling a fight card or this or that, uh, they just don't think the promotion should be proceeding. I mean, are you uh, firmly on one side of that or the other? Yeah, well, look, I'm, I look, I, I I did an interview the other day, but my I prefaced it with I just think New York, the fighters from New York, really should, you know, be given a pass. I, I don't think they should be moving around. I mean, that was my I, I can only speak for New York. I, I'm sure there's parts of the country that it, it's not that bad, and you know, as long as you follow some sort of safety protocol, it'd be okay. But I could tell you from New York, these guys. You know, I just, I didn't want to see any of my guys with a shitty training camp, you know, have to fight. And God forbid, you know, it gets worse. They're saying it's going to get worse in the next two weeks. So, uh, you know, it was, it was coming more from that, you know. So I, I'd rather, I, I would have rather have seen, you know, a postponement. And as soon as this thing clears up, you just bang out like three shows a week or something like that. Give guys, you know, right. I'll give you a six-week notice, you know, something like that. Because it, it really is chaos over here and. Uh, now it's starting to, it's starting to, the, the people that are infected are starting to get closer and closer. I think by the time I did, I, when I did the interview, I said it was two degrees of separation. <clears throat> the day after that, I had like, you know, five people, you know, call up and uh, somebody told me this guy's in bad shape and this guy's over here. So, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's just got to be preceded with safety first if they're going to do it. But it looks like they're going to try to do something. So, no, this is, it's not going to be a boycott like the UFC, like the NFL. But yeah. I, if, if you're from New York, trust me, you got a different view of what's going on. And I get All it. Right. You're not. You know, I do get that. You know what I mean? So that's I, I, I prefaced it with, I think the New York guys should just, because I've seen what's happened over here, and I've seen, you know, cops throw people out for trying to train and firemen doing the same thing so you know the next thing after that is you're going to get a fine for having people in your gym and nobody wants that so you know i don't know you know i mean you could train outside but you got to get partners to train with and a lot of people are really playing it safe over here because they all know you know somebody who's been infected and they've you know some people are rattled and some people aren't right yeah, so we sit here on April 6th. Anthony Smith is supposed to headline on April 25th against Glover to share. I've heard through the grapevine that Lionheart's having a hard time getting medical. So that's the Frivola card, right? Your guy was supposed to compete on that yeah, 25th yeah, yeah. card in like Nebraska. Yeah, so, I mean, how's Matt getting medicals in New York City right now? Forget it. I, look, I talked to him two weeks ago. I, I did open the gym for him. I wanted He got some sparring in. Um, so I've been, I've been trying to you know do whatever I could for him. And he told me, you know, he needed his medicals. I was like, dude, good luck. I don't know even know how he made out with that, but, I mean, nobody's taking anybody over here. So that was the other problem is, but I'm sure that, you know, they could probably fly him somewhere and get him medicals by somebody else, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I haven't talked to him in about five days, so I don't know what happened with that. Yeah. And I know last time we spoke, Weidman was going to spend at least another week in solitude, and then maybe you guys were going to explore trying to get together. I mean, as far as you know, his fight with Hermanson is still happening next month, yes? I believe that fight with Hermanson is off, but I'm not totally okay. sure. But All right. I don't think, um, yeah, I, don't, I think that oh, fight is Oh, because Jack can't get to the U.S., you're saying? I'm saying he's not getting back here, yeah. 
So that's right. why I say I think you're going to find, like, when you do the picks, that there's going to be a lot of my, – my prediction based on what I'm hearing is that you're going to see a lot of different fight matchups. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Than what would the usual matchups were. Yeah. So uh, last we'll thing before we let you fly, unless Ken Flo has anything else, I mean, how are you navigating the the day to day? Are you uh, are you getting bored? Are you frustrated? How's the everyday going there in New York? I think this might be my new norm. Yeah, I'm working out yeah. every day, you know. But obviously, uh, you know, doing a lot of cleaning up, which needed to be done. So I'm just finding things to do, and uh, you know, staying in touch with people, making sure everybody's all right. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of like, uh, you know, supporting each other. If they hear something, they call up and, you know, things like that. But, you know, but just before I go, too, I do want to say this because I know people think I can't stand uh, Conor McGregor. But I want to shout out, I thought he did a great job with his public service announcement on the virus. And, you know, I thought it was really, really good. And that's the type of things I love to see that guy do. And, uh, you know, hats off to him. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. He doesn't get nearly enough credit for his intelligence and his overall ability to to articulate himself. So uh, yeah, that's well, a nice you know what John? I think people—that's what they misconstrue. When he kind of acts, you know, in the other direction, it's it's hard it's hard to take. But when he's when he's doing the right thing, like like what he did with the public service announcement, I think it's absolutely fantastic. That's that's the guy I want to yeah. see. So, uh, you know, this is our five-year anniversary episode, by the way. This Thursday will will be five years of the Anakin Florian podcast. It was not Ken Flo's idea to put you on the show, episode one, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, not true, John. Even, come on. He hasn't said a word. Kenny, come on. Cheer me <laughs> up. I, I'm not letting him get in. No, he wanted Matt Sarah on the show. I said we're going longer. We're going longer. <laughs> Uh, I guess it worked out. I guess it worked out. I guess uh, five years, man. I know, crazy. Took us five go? years to uh, to get a website and to get the merchandise going. And you know what's <laughs> funny is we've had the merch up for about a week, and all anyone is requesting are Ray Longo minute T-shirts. So our guy Cody Marrow is working on a design. There will be Ray Longo minute T-shirts, hopefully Boom. by the end of the month. So damn, now now without now you're making me feel better in this pandemic. <laughs> This is what we need to hear. But uh, what was I going to say? You know what's funny, man? I was watching an old fight. I was listening to uh, you and Kenny call a fight. I, I, I it, this thing has been—it's been so crazy. I, I forgot you guys even called fights together. It's been so long. <laughs> what was the last? What was the last time you called a fight together? Oh my gosh! It was July, either 2015 or 16. Uh, I believe in wow. South Dakota. Um, wow. I remember That's these crazy. things. Uh, because uh, I want him back to my right in the worst way, you know. But hopefully, uh, at some point, we'll be uh, we'll be aligned again, Ray. You know. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I was it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, uh, you hang in there, man, and uh, we will talk to you next week, potentially to preview UFC 249. I think it'll be it'll be nice to talk about fights, even if. If people are, are frustrated that they're happening, uh, we're probably talking about fights with you next week, Ray. Awesome, man. Let's let's do it, man. Because I think I'm, I'm I'm really hitting the point. I'm starting to lose my shit over here. So I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anything is good. <laughs> Ray, Ray, I was going to ask you. I guess 
if you can answer maybe for yourself and just kind of the overall environment over there in New York real quick is, you know, if you see this thing going on two, three months where we're still kind of in this quarantine, how do you see things playing out for yourself and, and for, you know, what you're hearing around you? You know, Kenny, it's really, it's, I'm telling you, it's really crazy over here. And my, my thing is I'm trying to look into the future. I don't, I don't know how the hell we get back to normal at this point. I mean, I just don't see it. I mean, I mean, businesses are shut down. Everybody's staying inside. Just, I'm saying, even economically, because uh, I'm starting to get the feel now. Like, uh, you keep people in the house another month, you're going to be dealing with PTSD on a lot of people. You know, they're going to be shell shocked even going outside. So, even when we open up, or even when things get back to normal, I just can't see people you know, flood the streets again. I think they're going to be so cautious that it's going to uh, just, you know, create a new normal, which we know that's going to happen. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, you know, I, you know, my thing, I was concerned just with the fight is just not getting the right training. That's where I was coming from with everything. And, and who, and who wants to, you know, even take a chance of like, say for Vola goes and then he catches something, brings it home. He's still living with his father. He's got to be my age, maybe a couple of years older or younger. We right. need the direction. I mean, who, who wants that on their shoulders? If God forbid something happens and then, you know, things go south. So everybody's, I'm saying everybody's on pins and needles here, you know, but look at the end of the day, Kenny, it's almost like the beginning of the UFC. These guys will fight. It's, it's not, there's no problem with that, you know. I mean, that the fighting is inherent in who they are. They love to fight, obviously, but yeah. it's not yeah. just about them anymore. Like back in the day, you fought, you didn't even care if you got paid. That's really the way it was. But now it's like you, you're taking a chance of doing something and, and hurting somebody else. That that's that's really uh, the right. only, the only issue. And and you know we've seen it happen. I know a guy that you know uh, let his kids have a play group, a play play date. You know, with a couple of kids, he caught it. <clears throat> you know, so you're not seeing it. The kids are having a great time. They might power right through it, but then they pass on to somebody else. And I think that's where the, the confusion is over here. They just, nobody wants to get anybody else sick. And that's right. where I think they might right. be put in a weird position to jump on a plane or take another yeah. risk that they normally wouldn't do if they didn't have to fight. And they want right. to fight. We get that. So it's it's yeah. more like that. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it's it's more about the the back end of this thing. Exactly. A hundred percent. That's, yeah. that's the rub. That's, it's the return, right? Yeah. If you're Khabib Nurmagomedov, yeah. if you're anyone out there, right? Are you quarantining yourself from your family when you go home? Cause that's what you're mostly the CDC is to. recommending. Yeah. You're going to have yeah. to, you know, you're not going to, I'm telling you, you're not going to take that chance. You wouldn't want to do that to anybody, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's where I have the issue is I don't know how, I don't know if anybody's really thinking of those things. Like, and right. that's going to be the tough part, you know, because you might have to get quarantined when you get off the plane. Then you might have to get quarantined when you get on the plane. That's a month right there. You know what I mean? So, right. I don't know. There's a, there's more involved than just making the fights and getting them happen. And I'm sure, I'm sure they're working on it. You know what I mean? And I'm sure there's places where the risk should be cut pretty minimally. You know, there's got to be pockets where, you know, this thing hasn't hit. But then you, you've got to deal on the other end. Does somebody want to take a chance with, you know, guys getting off the plane from New York and possibly because mm -hmm. it spreads easy? That's that's the other problem. So right. I don't know. I'm trying to look at everything when I'm when right. I'm 
and all the New Yorkers are coming coming down here to Florida. So we're in real trouble. They won't even live in Florida. They can't even get in anymore. I know a couple of people in Florida. They can't get back to New York. There's no flights. Yeah. Uh, Ray, I just will let you go on this because you sort of brought up the whole post-traumatic stress disorder. So my younger brother had open heart surgery last year, and uh, it was rooted in an infection. And he's basically been self-quarantining since late February. And we were very dismissive in late February when he was talking about me pulling my girls from school. And of course, a few weeks later, a few days later, they pulled the girls. But he's having, he felt like he got through the open heart surgery pretty well in terms of the stress overall on the back end. But he's now having post-traumatic stress disorder when he goes outside. And part of it, he's been on a ventilator. You know, and I think when you've been oh, on a ventilator yeah, before, yeah. it's just and you keep turn on the news, you hear this word ventilator. Eighty percent of people go on a ventilator, never make it off the ventilator. You know, it's just you're right, Ray. Like they're, they're, I'm not, I'm not saying we ever get really back to the new to the old way it was in terms of the way we all embrace each other and everything else. I I got my wall up. I will never order takeout food to the extent to which I did three weeks ago for the rest of my life. There's just no way, you know. Yeah, no, no. To listen, man. I mean, to his, and I feel bad for him because say things, say say everybody goes all right. You know, two weeks we're back. He's not back. I I could tell you from talking to other people there. I mean, the precautions that you're going to have to take, and because listen, until they come up with a vaccination or they start saying, you know, they give you a little more hope with something. It's it's going to be a tough ride, man, because this thing's not going away. You know, it is like yeah. the flu. It's going to be here forever at this point, it looks like. So, I don't know, man. It's just weird. It's very, very, very weird, you know. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to depress anybody. I'm telling no, you. No, I know. York, I didn't New York, I didn't New York intend got the shit beat out of it. I could tell you that, man. That's just I know. getting hammered. Well, we're thinking about you guys, and uh, try to stay as optimistic as you can. And uh, we'll talk to you next Monday, my man. Stay safe, okay? Uh, all right, guys. Take it easy video next week can we see ray longo i mean at least in I this morning can we see Give your face something. god so are you and jason hunt your co-owner uh at meraki bjj are you guys communicating regularly i know it's sort of out of your hands right now in terms yeah. of reopening the doors but what can you say as a small business owner in california right now yeah, yeah we, we are um we are communicating every day um you know looking into what kind of programs they have available uh, as far as you know, allowing us to keep this business going, um, you know, so that's a little bit nerve-wracking. Uh, as I talked about before, is you know, we don't know how long this is going to last, um, and uh, for us, we're just trying to give as much as possible to the students as far as giving them techniques and you know, having Zoom classes out of Meraki, just having one or two people there, you know, at least giving them some kind of classes, some kind of things that they can do at home yeah um so it's just it's been challenging uh luckily we have an awesome community of students who have been really supportive during this time and um just trying to keep everything going man can you imagine the excitement level and the anxiousness level but when you reopen those doors you know and oh every gosh just flooding back in it's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be cool when everything uh resumes at least in terms of the activities and, and hopefully uh it, it is sooner rather than later yeah all right support for the Anakin Florian podcast comes from the official electric razor of UFC manscaped have you ever had an awkward moment where you had to grapple with someone who had like a full bush coming out of their singlet no 
Well, thankfully, Manscaped has everything you need to keep your package nice and tidy. Manscaped truly is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, and their top-notch ball trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0 will keep you clean without nicks and cuts. Manscaped has partnered with a lot of top-tier MMA athletes, Max Holloway, Francis Ngannou, Brian T. City, Ortega, and many others as well who understand that hygiene matters and also know what it takes to be the best. Well, so does this revolutionary company, Manscaped. They just redesigned the Lawnmower 3.0 featuring proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, which makes manscaping accidents a thing of the past. MMA fans out there, I'm telling you, please do not use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. And you know what? We want to help you get there. To get 20% off with free shipping, use the code AF at manscaped.com today. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AF at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping on your entire order at manscaped.com. The code is AF. Thank you, Manscaped, for supporting mixed martial artists worldwide. All right, on social media, at Ian Parker MMA, drop the Parker Cage Hero. And he has changed his social media handles. Ian Parker, the duck, now joins us live. Have yes. you sent TJ a coffee cake to thank him for branding you the duck? Because this thing has really taken off. You know you know what? I will say out of all the uh, interruptions I received, it's come. the birth of the duck has, has happened. TJ, uh, kudos for you for that one. It really, there was even an art piece done of me. I couldn't believe it saying the duck on it. So, uh this is pretty wild, but I'm going to roll with it. It's pretty funny. I, I, <laughs> over over one little uh, interruption. I love it. It's great. All right, so Dana White tweeted Sunday night that he is going to announce the full card for UFC 249 today being Monday. But as we sit here, that fight card is not out yet. So we had this exercise planned, and I think it's a good one. So we're going to do a fantasy draft, snake style, for the four fight cards and 47 total fights from March 21st through April 18th. So we're each going to draft a five-fight main card from that group of 47. Then the draft is going to snake. So Ian Parker's going to pick first in round two, but then Ken is going to get back-to-back picks at three and four. And then after the fact, of course, we're going to let all of you fine people out there decide on YouTube uh, who drafted the best main card and on Instagram at Pod. All right, Ian Parker, our randomly generated draft order gave you the number one pick think a lot of people expect which way you'll go here you're on the clock what is the first pick for you team parker selects tony ferguson versus habib and ladies and gentlemen i just won the whole league thank you very much (laughs) so it's one of those years i think for this exercise yeah we're in that number one slot pretty obvious choice for you so for the second slot right for 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 my pick here you guys know how much I love Leon Edwards and Tyron Woodley in that main event and, and wanted to go in that direction. But when Francis Ngannou is on the board and you are on the clock, it's the only way to go. He is the scariest man on planet Earth right now. I think he easily could be the best heavyweight in the world right now with respect to Stipe and DC and Curtis Blades and everybody else. And, of course, his opponent, Jarzinho Rosenstrike. But that was supposed to be the main event in Columbus, Ohio, March 28th. Francis Ngannou, Jarzinho Rosenstrike is my main event. And my pick in round one, Ken Flo, you're on the clock. Dang it. All right. Well done, boys. Well, I will take uh, – so I, I get third and fourth. Is that correct? You get two straight I get here, two kid. picks. All right. I'm, I am going to go with the Tyron Woodley versus Leon Edwards uh, pick since you took my Engano pick there, uh, Anik. Um, listen, that, that's a fight that I was really excited to watch. Two technical welterweights going at it, a former champion, Tyron Woodley, and a guy who could be the champion, Leon Edwards. Um, you know, unfortunate that wasn't able to get done. But that's the fight I would like to see. The other one. I would like to see is the rematch between Jessica Andrade and Ooh. Rose Namajunas. Oh. Uh, yeah, nice try there, Ian. Uh, you know, 
that that's a fight I'd really like to see uh, get run back. So that those are my two picks. And so the advantage of being in that last slot, right, is that you get a main and a co-main. I think those were probably the top four fights on all of our depth charts. Yes, sir. All right, so that comes back to me in round two, and this will be my co-main event. And this is not a Boston bias here, guys. We're going with Calvin Cater and Jeremy Lil Heathen Stevens in the featherweight division. Bulletproof matchmaking here. Certainly two guys who are entrenched near the top of the featherweight division. Interesting that for Jeremy Stevens, this winless streak is now four fights. You had Jose Aldo's a beat Magomed Sharipov and then the back-to-back fights against Yair Rodriguez. On the other side, Cater also a loss to Zabit, but that was in Moscow and there was a lot of good in there. Tremendous fight, high-stakes fight in the featherweight division, and that will be my co-main event, which brings us back to Ian Parker with his selection in round two. I've done a lot of fantasy football drafts in my life. This one, come after this pick, is going to be very challenging because we are going to probably offend a lot of people and... Uh, here we go. I think the last one that could possibly be, even be co-main event material is going to be Walt Harris versus Alistair Overeem. I think, I have, you know, you go heavyweight, you want knockouts. Uh, I like that as my co-main. So I'm going to go there. And then, oh, this this one's tough. There's a couple other bangers out there. Um, I'm going to go Edmund Shabazian versus Derek Damn Brunson. It. Because oh, I oh. think shabazian versus Stylebender is the fight we're all going to see in the future and that's going to be yeah i know kenny you were looking at your chops i didn't get you back for that thug rose fight so that's where i'm going with that one mm. that throws me for a little bit of a loop edmund shabazian that i've said i i think right now is ready to compete with adesanya and all the guys at the top at 85 he's only 21 years old and, and certainly will get a good challenge in Derek brunson interesting 11 ufc wins by the way for Derek brunson Edmund Shabazian, 11-0 as a pro in mixed martial arts. All right, round three for me. You know, we need some uh, some female flair on this Anik fight card. So I'm going to go with Carla Esparza and the karate hottie Michelle Waterson. You know the karate hottie's bringing in the eyeballs. Carla Esparza, sneaky 2-0 in 2019. So that hurt. That put her back in strawweight contention. Karate Hottie, she's won three in a row, or actually she lost to Ioana in October. So had won three in a row before that main event lost to Ioana, but still two super relevant strawweights in the division that I think has as much depth as any, certainly in the women's game. So Carla Esparza and Michelle Waterson will be a featured bout for me, which brings us to Ken Flo for his round three selection. All right. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with Uriah Hall versus Ronaldo Jacare Souza. I mean, I just from what's left, I think that's the best fight on here. I loved watching Jacare fight. Obviously, I'm a jiu-jitsu fan, and he's as good as it gets in that regard. And, uh, yeah, let's do that one. All right, so round four begins with you as well, Ken Flo. So a real opportunity to make some hay here. What's the next fight off the board, kid? Oh, man. Well, I'm kind of copy. Between a, a couple of them, um, geez. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, I told you this shit's gonna get tough. We're gonna have to. It we're gonna is. have to do a. Pre, we're gonna well, have to do an undercard prelims. We're gonna have to do a fight pass. We're gonna. <laughs> this is not easy. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that it's only fifteen fights total, right? So right. basically, if you're prepping for this thing, you just got to come up with fifteen fights. I'm hoping that you're not gonna. Uh, not gonna no, steal well, my thunder here. Who you got, Flo? Well, Let's go with Lyman Good versus Bilal Muhammad. It's a good fight right there. Yeah, I, right, I think so. it's a good fight. Two, two welterweights that uh, I think will always deliver good fights. So let's do that one. All right. So I still got some fights on the board here. Uh, coming up on my fourth main card fight. 
Oh, you know, I hate to leave Matthew Immortal Brown on the board, but I think it might just be a little bit too early. Oh, you know what? I got to do it. With respect wow. to my man, Nico Price, I got to go Greg Hardy and Jorgen DeCastro, right? I believe in Greg Hardy. I believe in Jorgen DeCastro. I believe in having a heavyweight fight on pay-per-view. So for me in round four, Greg Hardy, Jorgen DeCastro in the UFC's heavyweight division. Ian Parker, your mic is hot. Well, we're trying to put on the best, most exciting fight card here, right? So to me, that screams Nico Price. Yeah. 100% of the way. I mean, number one, he's just a man. And if he gets one more upkick up KO, he just has to go to the <laughs> Hall of Fame, even if he never fights again. So I'm going to take Nico versus Muslim in that one. And I'm debating here because I want to go lead off with a heavyweight death fight, which is either going to be Ben Rothwell versus John Volante, because you know no one's making that past three minutes in that fight, and that's exciting. Right. Or do I go Rafael Asanza versus Cody Garbrandt in what should be – Oh, this is tough. A Sunsau Garbrandt tough. is not eligible. It is uh, a Sunsau versus TBD. Cody sent the spreadsheet, not me. That fight's I know, been off the board. Garbrandt's been out for a while. Two weeks, two weeks. Kid- kidneys. That's that's the same thing as Lyman Good not fighting against Bilal Muhammad during injury. <laughs> what kind of? Can we, can we get Cody Merrow on the line here? He's supposed to be our updating Newswire guy. What, what is this? Um. All right. So if that's off the board, I really wanted to get a women's fight on here, but in all due respect. I don't see any of them ready for the main card yet, although I do like Molly McCann. She's exciting. Got to love the meatball. Um, Uh (laughs) Right at the same time, right? That was good. And I would love to give Kama Worthy some love, but I just don't see that as a main card yet. So, man, um, told it's going to get hard. All right, fuck it. Ben Rothwell versus Jean Vellante. Loser dies. That's just pretty much what's going to happen to lead off the main card. So, Vellante going to heavyweight. Woo. Versus Volante rounds out your main card. And, of course, we'll check back with our chief marketing officer, Cody Merrow. And if he thinks that uh, that a Sunsau and Garbrandt can be had, then that'll be your main card opener. And, man, that'll put you in prime position. I mean, I'm looking at your card. It's pretty strong already. All right, two more picks to go. This will be my main card opener. I still think there's a lot of meat on the bone here. I mentioned Matthew Immortal Brown. You got a fight between Cheeto Vera and Eddie Wineland, Lauriano Starpoli oh, and Chaos Williams. But for me, Ken Flo... I'm a jujitsu guy. Davi Hamosh <laughs> yes. has won four of five. You got a couple of Islam Makhachev victims here taking on Armand Sarukyan, who's 14 and two, really talented 23 year old. Uh, it was going to either be Matt Brown against Caramel Thunder, Miguel Baeza, who's undefeated, or it was going to be Hamosh and Sarukyan. I got to go Hamosh Sarukyan, which leaves Ken Flo with, uh, with Mr. Irrelevant, so to speak, your fifth and final selection. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Uh, so no one has taken Sam Alvey versus Khalil Roundtree. Is that correct? That's correct. I'll go with those guys. Uh, listen, I don't think there's any way that those guys get out of that uh, fight without getting one of them getting knocked out. I mean, both those guys uh, are always looking uh, to, to hunt the head and, and look to take the other guy out. So I, I'm going to go with that one. All right. So the fights that we left on the board, these are probably... Cheeto Vera 20. versus Eddie Wineland's yeah. a big one to leave off. Yeah, Cheeto versus yeah. Eddie uh, obviously, uh, I mentioned Matt Brown against Miguel Baeza, Vicente Luque against Randy Brown. I also had highlighted. Yeah. All right. Pretty good job there. So we will, uh, we will compile those five fight cards and, uh, put them up on social media and you guys can, uh, give your suggestions as to who you think put together the best five fight main card. Uh, Ian Parker, big picture. 
How's it going for you in South Florida? I know, you know, the, the forecasts are not great for our part of this area. We're waiting with bated breath to see what Dana White's going to say about this UFC 249 fight card. How's your everyday kid? I mean, I haven't drank this much since college, so that's <laughs> definitely uh, different for me. So this dad bod, I probably could fight one of these guys at middleweight at this point if they need me to come up on short notice and not even have to fucking cut weight. So that's disgusting. Um, other than that right now, you know what? The biggest challenge is just repeating Groundhog's Day and keeping the kids, you know, at least from 6 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. from not you know, ripping off the chandelier or sliding down the banister or pissing off the balcony. My son's done that a few times. Um, I wish that was a lie, but it's not. I even caught the last <laughs> one on video. So yeah, and he even pissed in the dog's water bowl. So obviously he's oh, fucking wow. bored. Um, yeah, he's he's really he's he's really something the last few days. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, that's been the biggest challenge. You know, the whole homeschooling thing. You know, it's funny growing up as kids, no one wanted to go to school until we started playing sports. Like, oh, I can stay home. I can learn. We didn't even have the technology. Dude, this shit sucks. This shit really sucks right now, having to go through this with a three-year-old and a six-year-old. You know, my three-year-old's doing like a 10-minute Zoom session with her preschool. Yeah. I, I can guarantee you she's learning absolutely fucking nothing off that. Everyone's yelling at each other, yelling hello and goodbye and eating Play-Doh. And, uh, you know, my son trying to get through the day. So, you know, the morning is rough. Thank God Onward was just released on Disney+. Plus. Kenny, yep. if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. Not that the main character's name is Ian. That doesn't really matter. It just happens to be a good fucking movie. Um, yeah, and then the pool for the rest of the day until you know until they can go to sleep and we can start drinking. It's been and Netflix. Thank God for the streaming services, man. Well, it's, thank God for for the internet, right? I mean, could you? Oh imagine? man! And if you could see what's going on downstairs right now, God bless my wife, right, with a baby on her left arm, and then my two daughters on separate computers doing this distance yeah. learning. Because see, we segued flow from homeschooling to distance learning. And now everything's just a royal pain in the fucking ass, right? Because we had this good system homeschooling. We're doing wow. conceptual things and just teaching them subjects. And now the school has taken over again and there are technological challenges and everything Jeez. else. It's just, uh, it's a lot. All right, Ian, we'll get you out of here on this. Did you want to chime in there on something, Parker? No, I was going to okay. say on day, on day one, the whole program, the school's program shut down. It literally crashed yeah. on day one yeah. in my son's school. So it's, I mean, to John's point, honestly, I think if they were smart, they would just send the parents home what we need to do to make sure it's covered, not even have to check in with them. Because I can guarantee you with John and his wife, and his wife's a teacher, you know, my, my mom's a teacher and she's been staying with us. It's just uh, giving these kids what they actually need to learn at this age compared to the bullshit sitting them from a computer. We're pretty much giving them a reason to say we're bored and to get pissed off as opposed yeah. to making it fun with the family and trying to make it somewhat of a positive learning experience. But uh, it's not so positive anymore. <laughs> teaching my daughter like the concept of money earlier today she's in first grade and um maybe not as academically inclined as her older sister and she's looking at me with these fuck you eyes like you know i don't know what a quarter three nickels and two dimes is get mommy back you know i don't like mr anik i call myself mr carlito my name is carlos carlito and uh she doesn't like mr carlito you know i don't know what to tell you uh, Mr. Right. Carlito's teaching her a different type of dimes. That's why she's giving you those fuck, uh, fuck you eyes, bro. She's like, Dad, these two dimes don't equal uh, right. the QP that you tried to tell me back in college. I get it. She's like, and stop bringing me this Australian money. It's not worth anything. I don't want this stuff. Dad, right, what's that so weird lamp that has smoke coming out of it in the corner of your <laughs> office? <laughs> so, uh, all right, last thing, Ian, before we let sure. you fly. So 
One of Justin Gaethje's teammates, Sean Madden, uh, wrote to me on Twitter today with the emoji with the sunglasses and then popcorn, right? Most people believe if indeed UFC 249 is salvaged and all indications are that it will be, that the main event is going to be Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje, meaning that one week from today you will be charged with making a prediction on said fight. Uh, Early thoughts on Ferguson Gaethje, and then we'll let you get out of here. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised that either one of these guys will take this fight on short notice unless they're getting paid like a stupid amount of money, unless we're going to be told that Tony's getting the real belt, not the interim belt, and that he'll unify it with Khabib if he wins. Um, You know, we talked about this. I think it's a weird fight for anyone to take on short notice, and I think it's even more disturbing for Tony that he's gone through this so many times. He's just gone through who he's had to go through to get an interim belt and an interim belt, and it's... You know, at some point, we have to look at him like the champ. And we can look at Khabib also as the champ. I don't really see a problem in that based on the circumstances that we just happen to have both guys with crazy circumstances, literally a pandemic, that we have two champions in the same division that for some fucking reason, we just can't get them in the cage together, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you're asking me between Tony and Justin, I heard a rumor that it's like minus 165 for Tony. And I also right. heard another rumor that I'm putting like 10 grand on Tony Ferguson if the odds are really at that rate because he should be minus 255. He's been training for Khabib. You know, he's fought guys as wild and crazy as Justin. He's as wild and crazy as Justin Gaethje. And if Gaethje has not really been training for Tony, Kenny said this best. That's a that's a it's a bold move. And he, he's a he's a very bold individual, but we all know that Tony's just a special type of alien that you need a you need a true camp for. So but hey, it's it at a worst case scenario, that's a pretty damn good fucking fight with all things considered. So All right, buddy. We'll see how it plays out. We'll get your pick next week if indeed it goes down. Good job on the fantasy draft. We'll talk to you next week, kid. You got it, guys. Kenny, follow me on social media, bro. Love you. (laughs) See you, dude. He's just just holding out hope that eventually he'll get that. My birthday's in July. We'll make it happen. Love you. All right. By July. (laughs) Yeah. Kenny Ferguson, Gaethje, a lot of rumors that that might end up being the fight that goes down. I know we've talked about it over over the last month or so, but all indications are that Justin Gaethje has been training. And again, when you talk about having the same manager as Khabib Nurmagomedov, you got to think he got word as soon as anyone that Khabib was out of the fight. That is a wild fight. Uh, That is an awesome fight. Um, Pretty much as good as a replacement as you can get. Um, I I think, listen, I think, yeah, it's going to be very difficult facing a, a determined and hungry Tony Ferguson over the course of five rounds. But, um, for Justin Gaethje, and he typically does this in his fights, he needs to make this a five-minute fight in a lot of ways. I, I think he needs to go out there and just try to take out Tony Ferguson in the first round for a couple reasons. Number one, Tony Ferguson tends to warm up and get better and more dangerous as the fight goes on. Um, and, and Gaethje also has a tendency of stalking his opponent very early on. I think he needs to do that against Ferguson. You do not want Ferguson walking you down. You don't. You do not want to be backing up. Not only is that going to take away from the power of Gaethje, but but it's going to allow Ferguson to really unleash all of his weaponry in that fight. Uh, so Gaethje's best bet is to try to get a first round knockout, or at least early anyway, maybe a round and a half. I give him. But after that, Ferguson, uh, his you know chances of winning that fight just goes up and up as that fight goes on. And we'll see what's at stake. I mean, I would certainly share the fans' frustration if Tony Ferguson was forced to compete for another interim belt, but it's not going to be the undisputed UFC lightweight title if that's the fight that they choose. And you probably want to put a belt on the line. I mean, at least for Ferguson, if he wins, he gets one of those shiny new belts. He's already got the old one at home, you know, but it's a... 
it's a real tricky thing for Tony. You put together the greatest winning streak in UFC lightweight history, and not only does he not have an undisputed championship to show for it, he's never even competed for the undisputed title, you know? And this is what makes it so tricky, right? Uh, for Ferguson, you want to see the guy go out there and, and achieve his dream. He's been working his ass off. He's been working so hard. He's been, you know, mowing people down now for years in the UFC's most difficult division. Uh, and to see him lose it all in a non-title fight against Justin Gaethje would just be heartbreaking. And, and of course, Gaethje's a guy who's been doing awesome as well. Um, you know, you want to see him get the belt as well. But for Ferguson, who's been working on this for so long, um, you know, it, it would kind of be a tragedy. And last thing I'll say on Khabib Nurmagomedov, it's really disappointing that he has had to absorb all of this venom from fight fans for his decision to err on the side of caution. And again, you talk about this fight being made five times. I can understand that people are are animated about it and frustrated that a global pandemic has been the reason why for the fifth time this fight is not going to happen. But uh, if you're Khabib, right? I mean, I understand people who maybe were criticizing him for, for leaving the U.S. if the fight ends up happening in the U.S., but he thought he was going closer to where the fight's going to happen. Right. Well, that's the problem, right, is he was told that. you know, So he wanted to get out of the United States in case there were going to be restrictions on his end trying to get to the United Arab Emirates. Um, obviously, things just got you know worse and worse as it went on. He, he was going to get stuck uh, in UAE. He had to get out of there, went to Russia instead. You know, maybe thought the fight was going to be put on there. That didn't happen. Uh, and now he's out of a fight uh, again. And I don't know if we're going to be able to put this fight together again. Assuming, you know, Tony gets by Gaethje, when do they make this fight happen between Ramadan and schedule changes? And who knows what the, the future right. is going to hold as far as, you know, the restrictions on travel. Man, it just gets more and more complex with these guys. And, and that's what's just so mind blowing. I, I don't know. Right. If Ferguson doesn't compete at UFC 249, in theory, you could make this fight September, October, if the world and Mother Nature cooperates with COVID-19 and everything else. But uh, it's yeah. just crazy that uh, that these are the conversations that we're having here uh, to kick off what has been a forgettable 2020 uh, thus far. But it is the five-year anniversary, of course, of the Anakin Florian podcast. Let's get to our special guest. All right, well, his best-selling book is called Quitters Never Win, My Life in UFC. Last July, he headlined the 2019 induction class for the UFC Hall of Fame. He is the former UFC middleweight champion and a damn good friend of this show. The great Michael Bisping now joins us live from California. Mike! That is how you do an intro. My word. <laughs> I mean, I thought I had that shit down. But, that, I mean, come Watch your back, Bruce Buffer. That's all I've got to say. Jesus Christ. John Anik, the man with endless talents. My word. Well, most of our guests don't have a, a resume as long as yours. You give me a lot of good stuff to throw into there. You know, Hall of Famer sounds pretty good off the top. So It's not bad. It's not bad. You know, <laughs> but I would happily trade the Hall of Fame, that gigantic... Uh, very, very heavy, plastically molded, weird trophy. <laughs> I'd happily trade that to be able to walk down the street and grab a cup of coffee and say right. hi to the beautiful people of Southern California. But right now, I'm in bed. Well, number one, it's doctor's orders. I had surgery last week, so I'm in bed. But oh, what else have I got to get out of bed for? I mean, come on. Right now, me and my wife, we are being lazy bastards. As, well, as you should, man. So it seemed like your your boredom uh, might have peaked last night. I saw on social media you, you wrote something like, fuck am I bored? I mean, how are you holding up with the everyday out there? 
Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I mean, to be honest, I mean, you know what it's like, and Kenny, you know, when we're, you know, when you're working for the UFC and you're away every weekend, it, it gets hard, especially when you got kids. So right now, yeah, listen, a bit bored, but to be honest, uh, it's just like being a fighter in between fights. You know what I mean? Of course, you can't leave the house. But, you know, it's nice to sit around, have some quality time with the family, with the kids. I don't know if they feel the same. I feel <laughs> like I'm really, really testing their patience. Because, like, now, you know, I'm on my third coffee. And then I just suddenly decide, right, that's it. We're all fucking getting up. And the doors fly open. I'm like, morning, guys. Come on. And they're like, Dad, you're a psycho. Get the fuck out. I'm like, no, come on. Let's get up. Let's have horse and crafts hour. And they're like... That's a fucking psycho. What is going on with him? And I'm like, yeah, I've had six cups of coffee. Don't worry. It'll wear off shortly. Well, your kids are absolutely right. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How oh, are aware of it, Kenny? <laughs> oh, dude. Well, Mike, listen, it, it's it's great to talk to you, man. I, I, this, is the only, this is the only way that we can communicate right now. But the other way is I, I see some of your tweets on Twitter. You've been getting very frustrated with with people in general about this whole thing. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole thing and, and how we're all kind of cooped up right now in a crazy time. This is unprecedented. Um, what's going on, dude? Yeah. Yeah. So listen, I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that are way smarter than me. There's a lot of people that read way more than me. I know, you know what I don't know. So what I do I follow the advice of healthcare professionals, people that have dedicated their entire life to medicine and how we beat this. Okay, so they're the people that I listen to. If you want to know who might win between, you know, whatever the main event is going to be at UFC 249, yeah, maybe I can give you some advice. But beating the fucking coronavirus and flattening the curve, I don't have uh, any true idea. So I follow the healthcare professionals. What are they saying? Stay inside, self-isolate. We got to quarantine. We got to flatten the curve and all these trendy terms that we didn't even know existed prior to this. Now, of course, you've got a lot of other people that think it's all a plan. They think it's all a conspiracy. We're testing out socialism. They don't want us getting together to exchange ideas and then cause a revolution. It's like, shut the fuck up what are you talking about we are trying to save lives okay and people all these people talking about oh it's no worse than the flu i'll tell you this right now eddie bravo should be fucking ashamed of himself for that shit that he's putting out there on social media because he has a large following and i like eddie but what he's doing is very very irresponsible right and people are going to go out there they're going to cross infect other people and all elderly people are going to die the weak are going to die and i know i sound like i'm scaremongering i've been watching too much cnn i'm listening to health care professionals and these people that go against the grain and they say otherwise yeah as as of right now i've got no respect for them they're really well, pissing me off that's that's what's probably been most disappointing uh surprising and frustrating is seeing all the conspiracy theories between between 5g and bill gates trying to get everyone vaccinated with some secret you know coding material that's gonna get them killed later on it, it's just it, it's it's sad man it, it really is uh confusing uh times right now just with with the internet and anyone who wants to get any kind of information to validate what whatever conspiracy theory they have they can go and find it on the internet and get a little bit of information go see this is what's happening out there yeah, for sure. Like just for example, this morning, and I shouldn't throw him under a bus, but 
you know, that's what I'm going to do. Sean Strickland. <laughs> Sean Strickland from the UFC, right? I see him on Instagram this morning. He posted, uh, he puts a, an Instagram post. Oh, they're handing out citations to people watching the sunset on the beach. Hitler would be very proud of us all right now. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, that is not what's going on. They're, they're, they're trying to save us all, okay? Well, not save us all, but save the weed. They're trying to, uh, um, you know, they're trying to protect the healthcare system. If we all get sick, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, most of us, a lot of us will survive and we'll just be fine, but there will be a systematic failure throughout the entire system, the healthcare system and, and they'll have a knock-on effect to everything. It'll just be absolute madness out there. The, 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 as I said, the hospitals will collapse and then people start getting crazy. People that have cancer, diabetes, people that have regular need for medicine, they won't have access to what they need. Then they start getting desperate. Next minute, there's a, a problem with the supply chain in the supermarkets. Then motherfuckers are buying guns around the corners, which they are right now, which I don't quite understand how we're going to kill a virus with a fucking gun. Huh. But nevertheless, nice. <laughs> yeehaw, let's go, America. <laughs> oh, man, that's a lot to unpack. So you and I were scheduled to work the Columbus, Ohio show on March 28th. And thankfully, that card went away and that decision was taken out of our hands. But as we sit here on April 6th, Dana White said last night on Twitter that he's going to announce the full fight card for UFC 249 at some point today. How do you feel about the UFC potentially putting on a live event 12 days from right now? <laughs> John, 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 John. Uh, <laughs> how dare you put me in such a position? <laughs> well, hey, how do you feel about me potentially going to work that event, right? Because my wife is ready to kill me. I'm certainly conflicted. Um, but I yeah. do believe, Mike, my thesis statement in some part on this has been that eventually – if you're a traveling worker and you do live events, you're going to have to rip the Band-Aid off. I don't know if it's going to be yeah. June 1st or May 1st, but, I mean, I don't want to leave my family and potentially not come back to them. Um, no. And I'm certainly not being forced to work, but uh, it's not just the easiest decision that a lot of people seem to think it is for me. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. So, if, uh, you know, regarding UFC 249, uh, I have a film crew coming here today to film you know, just just to get some breakdowns on some of the fights, and we're going to do it in the garage. We're going to black out the whole of the garage, and we're going to do it in there because I don't want the people coming into the house, you know, for obvious reasons, for cross-contamination. So I'm going to feel very rude keeping them all in the garage, you know, when they get here. But unfortunately, Rick Lee, if you're listening, you ain't stepping uh -huh. foot inside my house. Uh, and, and that's just the way it's got to be. And then regarding the actual events, I was asking – you know, uh, head of production, where is it going to be? And he didn't have an answer for us yet. And I said to my wife, and I think I saw you saying this on Twitter as well. I'll, I'll drive there regardless of where it is. You know what I mean? Well, saying that I'm not working 249. I'm talking events down the line, regardless right. of where they are. Then, then yeah, I'll, I'll jump in the car and drive there because uh, I don't want to jump on a plane. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a very, very tricky time. Uh, but, you know, people are very, very thirsty for these events. So, I mean... What is happening with UFC 249, guys? Is Khabib out or is he in? What is going on? So Dana's last tweet last night said Khabib is out, but that he will release the entire fight card at some point here on Monday. So uh, okay. it seems like the promotion is proceeding forward. And again, this thing changes every day. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that the event could still not happen. But all indications are that uh, promotionally they're moving forward. Okay, well, that's a shame. That's a real, real shame, especially for the fans to sound like a fucking cliche. But it's true. Yeah. You know, no, everybody, myself, I know both of you guys, everyone around the world was looking forward to that fight. So that's just such a shame. I just hope they book it again down the line. 
So in terms of Tony Ferguson and all of this, Mike, it's tricky, right? Because his body of work on paper is unbelievable. You know, first lightweight to put a double-digit winning streak on paper. And not only has he not been an undisputed champion, but he's never even competed for the undisputed title. And I think for a lot of these higher-profile fighters in these high-stakes fights with this coronavirus backdrop, it becomes very, very difficult to know what's the right decision. I think Tony, at his core, probably wants to fight Mike, but there's a whole lot at stake, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I think Tony is... I mean, Kenny knows this. You know, it takes a certain... There has to be a certain edge to somebody's personality to step inside the octagon, whether or not they're they're a Rory McDonald type or or a loud type like me. Still, the, 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 there's a little something... I don't know if the word the, the the term is off, but there's something that everyone has a certain edge to step inside the octagon and choose to fight for a living. And Tony certainly has that in abundance. Okay, so I, I think Tony will continue yeah. to fight regardless of who the opponent is. I mean, I think it you know it sounds cliche, but if you look at his DNA, Tony is a fighter through and through. And if you just look at the way that he fights, a lot of his fights they don't go his way, but he ends up getting. The finish. I mean, look at the fight against Kevin Lee. Tough first round, but he always turns it around. He always finds a way to win. And that's why Tony Ferguson is so entertaining to watch because often they are wars. They are bloodbaths, you know, but he still walks through it and then finds a way to get the finish and get the job done. So, as I say, for that reason, I don't think Tony is even contemplating not fighting at UFC 249, regardless of who the opponent is. Right couple things before we let you fly. I know you've really enjoyed the opportunity to call fights for the UFC of late. If your public approval rating is an indicator, uh, you've got a long future doing it. People really seem to enjoy what you bring to the table. I think a big reason why is because, you know, Frank Sinatra, you do it your way, right? You're still funny and you're still true to who you are. And uh, you haven't checked your personality at the door before you walk in. Have you have you seen that feedback? And uh, how do you feel about those repetitions as UFC commentator thus far. Yeah, well, thanks, John. I appreciate that. That's very kind. Uh, and, and yeah, to be honest, I mean, guys like yourself and Kenny and everyone else, I, I've always watched and studied and and, and and took inspiration from. But of course, as you say, you've got to try and be true to yourself and do it your way. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have seen nice comments on social media. That's always nice. Unfortunately, there's probably, for every good comment, there's always a bad comment. <laughs> right. And But as human beings, we gravitate towards the good. We harness the good energy. We block the bad. Right. Honest the good, <laughs> the bad, and that's what I've done throughout my entire life. So if you ask me, I'm the number one commentator in the entire world right now. Right, right. Okay? <laughs> I'm the hottest shit on the market. All the bad energy that says this guy needs work, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, he hasn't done his research, he talks too fast. I can't understand him. All those people, they are fools. They are fools. They have no idea what they are talking about. Yeah. Well, I gotta. <laughs> I got to think if there's any silver lining for the Bisping family during this coronavirus, it's that the, the most valuable player of the family, Callum, is back under the same roof, you know? Well, no, that is nice because obviously he's away at college right now. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's hard when when he's your firstborn. You know, and yep. Callum's just such a little sweetheart. He is. So it's nice he's back. Uh, I'm here next to my wife. Oh, she's shaking her head. Don't speak to me. But she's very happy. <laughs> she's very happy because, you know, yeah. I mean, my wife, you know, that's all she cares about, you know, the family and things and right. to be all reunited amongst this time. And, you know, it kind of brings you all together in some weird way. It kind of makes you realize what's important in life. Yeah. All these materialistic things and, and going out and, 
and you know trying to show off on social media and clout chasing to use a term that Tyron Woodley seems obsessed with lately uh, um, you know, none of that's important none of that's important what's important is friends family and your health and I think that even though sadly people are passing away which is just terrible I think once this has passed there will be some benefits we will realize that perhaps the as a sad society, we've got way too materialistic and tied up in things that don't necessarily matter. Yeah. No, I think you put it well. And uh, even though I'm not much of a reader, I think if there was anybody's book who I was going to buy, oh. it'd probably be fucking oh. yours. So quitters never win. My life in UFC available literally everywhere. Was that therapeutic for you getting all that stuff on paper there with, with Aunt Evans? I mean, what was that process like? Yeah, well, thank you very much. And yeah, it was very therapeutic for me. I feel like Anthony Evans is still going through a very drastic course of therapy right now. Having to deal with me on the phone <laughs> yeah, every night right. for like three, four hours, right? Yeah. And then he'd write it up and he'd send it back. And at the time, I'd, I'd had a surgery, so I was on a lot of pain medication. Seems like the story <laughs> of my life. But like, I'd, I'd, I'd read what he'd sent and I'm like, no, no, this is not what I said. And I'd call him up like, what the fuck, Ant? I clearly said they can not, not, not you know, you know, I'd, I'd obsess over some small part. I'm like, yeah. that's not what I said. And then I'd scream at him. And then I'd call back the next day and profusely apologize. I'm like, yeah. Ant, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm on this medication. It wasn't me. I'm sorry. And he's like, yeah, 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 you're good. And then we do the same thing again that night. You know, I'd reduce him to tears. I'd apologize. And then we'd get friends again. <laughs> and that's like our oh, cycle for about 18 months. So I've broken him down mentally. He's a shell of his former self, right? He's no longer working. I feel that's because I've just taken all the confidence out of him. Of course, I'm kidding and I'm jogging. And uh, it, it was very therapeutic. It was yeah. great. Uh, it was nice to sit down. It was like therapy in some ways to sit down and just like relive certain things. Uh, but yeah, no, Anthony did a fantastic job. Now and again, you know, I have a couple of copies lying around the house. Now and again, I'll just randomly pick it up and see something. And then I think, wow, he did such a great job in writing it. Kenny, I see you with your hand up at the back. What did you yes. have, <laughs> Yes, I was going to ask, when's the documentary coming out, man? That's right. Hey, first and foremost, let me tell you, Kenny. Wow, you are awesome on that documentary, right? You come out with some powerful lines, my friend. Oh, cool. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, so the documentary, we've been working on that for about two years. And uh, a lot of people like Kenny, very kindly lended their time. We've got some big star power. We've got Vin Diesel on there, people like that. And it's fantastic. I saw the first cut, then it went back. It got re-edited. The second cut is almost there. We're just making a few tweaks. We're adding some animation. But we're hoping to debut it at TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, wow. in September. Hopefully by then all this would have passed. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. Right now, what we're trying to do, we're just trying to you know, it's too long. It's like two hours. It's over two hours long right now. It's a little, it's a little long. So we're trying to trim some of the fat, so to speak, and uh, probably trim out all the bits of me talking and just have all the Kenny and Vin Diesel. Yeah, that's all go. we need. Kenny and Vin Diesel. That's, that, that's what we need to make this a number one seller on iTunes. Boom! I, I better get uh, I better get invited to the LA premiere when everything when bro, everything's normal, of course. Bro, of course. Come on, try and stop me. All right. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Mike, from, from me and Kenny both, uh, all our love. You're truly one of the all-time greats, especially outside the octagon, man. We wish you continued success with the book, with the doc, commentary, everything else. And uh, we'll see you out there on the uh, on the road show when it's safe to do so, my man. Appreciate you, you hopping on with us today, buddy. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Anytime, fellas. You know that. Absolutely anytime. I've got nothing but respect for the two of you. Keep up the good work. Uh, stay safe. Look after your families. And we'll talk real soon.
You as well, kid. See ya. There he is, Take Mike care, Bisping. You can check out his podcast with Luis Gomez, Believe You Me, the most appropriately named podcast in the history of the medium. So uh, you heard it there from Michael Bisping. And, you know, I think he and I both were sort of happy to see that March 28th show go away. And, and obviously the April 18th show is still on the books, and we'll see what happens over the next week or so. But uh, as of now, Ken Flo, we'll be right back here next Monday, April 13th, with another episode for you. Thanks to our guests, Ray Longo, Michael Bisping, Ian Parker. Um, picks for UFC 249 coming up next week. We're probably going to do the entire card. So please tune in for that. Don't forget, AnnaCloreanPodcast.com is now live. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. But everything funnels through the website. So you you can go there, get merchandise, links to watch the show, listen to it, whatever is your fancy. With that, for Ken Flo, I'm John Anik. We all hope you stay safe, stay healthy. Until next Monday, God willing, take care. You'll live. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.